Hello and welcome to the uh, the Slowdown Podcast. <laughs> this is episode number 95 and we are closing in on the century. What does that mean for the Slow Home Podcast? It means that we will have published 100 episodes in five more episodes. Do we need to have some sort of milestone episode for episode 100? I think it should be 100 minutes long. Yes. <laughs> with 100 interviews. <laughs> maybe it's or like maybe we a should... second from each... Oh, no, sorry. No, a minute, obviously. A minute from each of the... 100 programs we've done. Yeah, I feel like that's a really good idea. And <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that we should probably just celebrate with a nudie run. Or a nudie episode. Mm. Maybe we should video. That should be our first live video episode. <laughs> Quickest our, way to kill a podcast. And our last podcast <laughs> ever. Yeah, nude, nude podcasting? No one ever knows. But nude video podcasting, slightly problematic. Vlog pasting. <laughs> the vlog past. Yeah. So anyway, 100 episodes. If you guys think. No, hang sh- on a minute. This is 95. Can I keep going? Yes. Sorry. If you guys think that we should do something special or fun or naked for our 100th episode. No, it's going to end in disaster. No, let's just, just let us let's, know. We may not do it, but. Let's have a think about it. We need to start putting our heads together. Hmm. And start thinking about it. But in episode 95, that's where we are now. Let's be present. Let's be mindful of this episode, Let's the one serious. we're listening to. Mm-hmm. You interview... Colleen Vayez. Oh, Colleen Vayez. Vayez, yes. Vayez? Yes. Colleen oh, is so bloody lovely because she's been listening to the podcast for a long time, has uh, submitted a couple of questions for hostfuls. Oh, yeah. She asked a question a few months ago about her partner and her eventually combining houses and she is quite combining houses combining households oh right okay household he has a very different (laughs) approach to stuff than she does and she was curious to see if we had any advice on how that they oh yeah i do remember that question yeah i'm assuming we said something wise and and helpful Mm. but uh no she was grateful for that but she also writes a blog about her slow and simple life and it's actually called slowsimplelife.com but she was so kind and <laughs> generous with me because I had to cancel and reschedule our conversation like three times unprofessional very unprofessional and she never once let on that that's what I was being so it was really nice to finally get to talk to her because her uh, her story is it's fascinating first of all and I think it's one that a lot of people are going to really relate to because Colleen's a single mum and she's currently pregnant. Her partner lives like a distance away for a whole host of reasons mm-hmm. that will remain the case for a few years. So she's got a really – Wow. She's got a lot on. Yep. She works full time. She's also an active member of the community. Uh, you know, she's a creative person, so she writes a lot. She knits and she's, you know, building a tiny home on top of all of that. So she's – Someone who's got an incredibly like, busy life, but she still manages to live in a simpler, slower fashion than she was even three or four years ago. And it was really interesting to talk to her about the steps that she took. She gave some really fantastic practical tips for people who either who are looking to 
start by simplifying their schedule and their time. And that's like that's how she kind of began the whole process. Should we have to be so organized? Yeah, but I, I didn't get the I didn't get the impression that it was all like it wasn't organization for the sake of organization. It was just and we talk about this a bit, like it's really just living mindfully. And we talk quite a lot about priorities. And I think she puts those things that are really important right at the center of her life. Is and Colleen in Australia? No. Colleen's in San Jose. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I'm thinking like two hours away. It's a long way. It's still two hours. doesn't matter. No, but with the two hours in tra- – I'm just thinking geographically how right. far away it is with traffic or – Yeah, it's – it's um, A two-hour like, drive. Or exactly. Yeah. yeah. Each way. So anyway, this is mm. a really fantastic conversation. Colleen has so much to offer. She also has actually put together a worksheet for you guys if you wanted to head over to her blog. So just head to slowsimplelife.com and there'll be a PDF worksheet there that helps you walk through a couple of exercises and questions in finding your priorities. And that's something that you probably know I talk about a lot. I always encourage people to start with their why and start with those things that are really important and start by doing that work to figure out what is important. And Colleen's got a worksheet there for you guys to uh, that's going to help you to do that. Yeah, nice. Very good. It is. It's a great conversation. I always like those conversations you have with people uh, in the community, you know, like as as part of this sort of long-time listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Active, like it's quite nice. You've it's done really it a couple nice. Of times now and they're, they're always very, you know, groundbreaking for some reason. I don't know why. Well, I think it's because um, like people who maybe like they haven't written a book about simple living or something like that, I think – the answers sometimes can be more um, raw is the wrong word, but like kind of grounded in real real life. Like, not to say that my other guests aren't answering honestly, but I think when you do a handful of podcasts about the same topic, you sometimes and I do this myself, you have answers for questions. And when you know this was Colleen's first podcast interview, she just brought everything to her answers. If that if that makes sense, so I'm with you. I really really enjoy these listener yeah. listener chats, um, yeah. and I've got a few more lined, lined up, up over the coming months, which is exciting. I always like I really like doing those. So, what else is exciting is that we have our sponsor Attitude, our August sponsor, partnering with us again for this cracking episode. Attitude are a cool company. Why are they a cool company? So Attitude make the softest sheets, genuinely the softest sheets I've ever felt in my entire life. And Etitude's sheets, those of unicorn kisses and rainbow mist and <laughs> butterfly tendrils. Yeah. Who knows what they're made of? Well, we do, well, we do know what they're made of. <laughs> no butterflies were harmed in the making of Etitude's sheets, but they are genuinely incredibly soft. They're also ethically made. And they really align with the idea of like slow manufacture. The water that they use in the production of their sheets is recycled 200 times. Uh, they've, they're certified uh, with the use of organic dyes and non-toxic dyes, things like that. Their workers are well looked after. In short, attitude align with our, our values personally, which is why we've chosen to work with them this month. Uh, and they just create something really, really 
beautiful that's good for the planet so i mean you're not going to go and turn around and buy a set of sheets every week but when you do buy a set of bed linen you want them to last and you want them to count for something good and that's what attitude is able to offer absolutely and i know it took a lot for you to to get behind this but this company is let's be honest it, it aligns really really well well they made it it's easy an aussie company as well yeah. which is equally nice they made it easy for me to yeah. agree to work with them because their products are yeah, smack bang in, in what and they are very comfortable go on go online check it out it's attitude that's attitude with an e.com.au go and check their stuff out if you enter in backslash slow home uh, that's attitude.com.au slash slow home and put in the discount code sleep healthy you'll get a good slow your slow home pog pass discount 10 percent off on your next order Thanks. <laughs> I don't know what that accent was. That was weird. That was my Aussie accent. Mm. I think you just you have an Aussie, you have an Aussie accent. Oh, yeah. You don't right. need to put it on. Enjoy today's episode, my friends. Thank you. I will. Colleen, how are you? Good, Brooke. How are you doing? I am very well, actually. Very well indeed. Now, before we get into this, I want to just publicly say thank you for being so patient with me because (laughs) I've put off this this conversation like maybe three times and you've just been so lovely and flexible. So I super appreciate the fact that you put up with me and my changing schedule. Yeah, Um, no worries. And I'm really, I am really, really excited to talk to you actually because you've got, I think, such an interesting story and one that I think a lot of our listeners are going to really enjoy and and relate to and get a lot out of. So I'm super looking forward to jumping into it. But before we do, can you just tell us just a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I um, live in San Jose, California. So I'm in the heart of Silicon Valley. Um, I am a single mom at the moment. I have a 10-year-old daughter. Um, I have a baby on the way and my partner lives two hours away in Sacramento. So um, we are not in the same town and um, can't be in the same town um, for probably the next four years. So we're going to try and make long distance parenting work. We'll see how that goes. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm optimistic. (laughs) And um, yeah, here in um, San Jose, I work full time outside the home. So I have a nine to five job which is, it's actually like eight to five thirty every day. I was say nine to five. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I don't think those exist. No. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I do have family nearby, so they help me, um, care for my daughter when I have to be at work. Um, but she's, you know, she goes to daycare, she has activities, I have activities. Um, and you know, we also have a dog and a cat. Right. So you've got, you've got like a lot on your plate at the moment. Um, but what I love about your story is that you, like, you, you have a busy life, you have a full life, uh, mm-hmm. and there's some like there's some complicating factors in there, particularly with your partner and the living arrangements and stuff. But that none of that has stopped you from 
really throwing yourself into simplifying and slowing down and living like a as as well, like not a minimal life but you know like a really simple life um, and I find that really inspiring because as you just sort of outlined your circumstances aren't straightforward you know and I think that that's something that a, little, a lot of people are going to, to kind of really relate to now you you write really really beautifully by the way about Thank you. Um, <laughs> slow and simple living you've got a, like a, a blog called slowsimplelife.com mm-hmm. Were you always interested in living a simpler kind of life or is that something that you've come to over time? No, I I wasn't and I have come to it over time actually. Probably in the last three years I would say. Um, you know, I was just like everybody else, just kind of plugging along and um, I had my daughter and I continued to plug along. We, um, Her father and I broke up um, split up shortly after she was born. So I've been on my own with her working full time, um, for most of the past 10 years. Um, and you know, I didn't even really think about the lifestyle I was leading, um, until in the last three years I got a job, which I actually really enjoyed, but it required me to drive an hour to work each way. I was on call 24 hours a day. Um, I had night meetings to work. If I got called out in the middle of the night, like it, I, I got called out on Christmas morning at 1am oh, a couple years ago. <laughs> so I was like, you know what, <laughs> this is it. And I just found myself getting more and more frustrated that I was having less and less time to spend with my daughter and having to ask people, Oh, you know, can you watch my daughter at one in the morning? Like, that's not really something that you want to have to be waking people up for. Um, so I realized something needed to change. Right. And how did you come to sort of the realization that, that you wanted to like slow down and really adopt this idea of slow living and simple living? Is that something that you kind of researched and came across or you just sort of found your own way towards it? Yeah, well, a little bit of both. Like I realized that I needed to change my schedule. You know, I think a lot of people come to simple living through all of their stuff yes. first, but I actually came through to it through my schedule. It was just so frustrating and I found myself just so overwhelmed all the time that I was like, I, I just can't do this. So I I started to make changes to simplify my schedule first and then um, a couple other things for led to me minimizing my stuff. And that was trying to go zero waste. I found Bea Johnson's blog mm-hmm. and was inspired by that. And then um, her blog, Zero Waste Home. And um, then I did a little bit m- more research and I came across your blog and um, some others that really inspired me. And then um, just another thing that was kind of an impetus for that was that my daughter hates shopping. And so I wanted to spend more time with her and I wanted that time to be fun for her. So we just couldn't go shopping. So that actually was a very practical way of cutting out shopping for me. I I mean, yeah, it is. I know a lot of parents who would be like, I wish that that was the case in my family. Um, But also kudos to you because you were paying attention you know you knew that she didn't enjoy that and you were being really mindful about the time that you guys were spending together and the fact that that wasn't going to be enjoyable for her like that's I mean that to me is is 
just you know symptomatic of the fact that you were you were there and you're present you were paying attention you were wanting to make these positive changes which is awesome um so you spoke about simplifying your schedule first and I find that really I love hearing about how people come to simple living because as you say a lot of people tend to think that the the way in like the gateway to Uh simplifying is decluttering and for a lot of people it absolutely can be for me it was because I was in such a mental car wreck that I couldn't think about anything you know emotional or deal with anything else other than like the stuff that was right in front of me but for a lot of people they do come into it from either you know a mindfulness perspective or for you like simplifying your time so what were some of the steps that you took to to start simplifying your schedule well I um had to start saying no to a few things like um trying to be places after work um even just to see friends, it was just too hard and it cut too much into our nights and we'd get to bed late and then be cranky in the morning and it just, it just wasn't working. So I would have to, you know, friends suggested an after work hangout, you know, come over to our house for dinner, that sort of thing. I'd have to just say, you know, we'd love to, but um, maybe we can do it Friday night or this weekend or something so that we can just, like it gets home so late, I'd have to feed my daughter and get her to bed. So, um, so it allowed me a little bit more time to spend with her in the evenings. And then the other thing I did was look for a new job. It's just, the job was so time consuming and so stressful that I had to get out of there. Mm -hmm. And I, we live deep, deep in the suburbs. (laughs) There's not a lot going on around here. So there's one place where my skills and abilities were, could have been put to use, like where I would have been able to, you know, afford to live and do work that I knew how to do. And I had to apply three times and it took about three years for that to happen. So, but now my commute is, you know, 20 minutes by bike or seven minutes by car and, it's just so much easier on me. It's such a great example of figuring out what's important and then sort of crafting a life over time that supports that rather than the other way around, you know, squeezing what's important in around the kind of life that we've, we've found ourselves with. And I think that that's just amazing. Like it's, it's phenomenal. I think the more people who hear stories like yours, the better because it is possible not necessarily comfortable or easy, as you say, right. <laughs> but possible to make those changes. And I think yeah. saying no is such a simple it's such a simple answer, but you start to try and apply it to to your life and it's not it's not easy. So did you yeah. have any strategies? Because I find it I've always found it quite difficult to to say no. It's something I've worked on over the last few years. Did you have any strategies on how to specifically learn to say no? Yeah. I don't know if you'd call it a strategy, but basically I just explained to my friends, like, look, you, you know what my commute is. You know, when you invite me over, I don't get there till late and I'm just going to have to say no to things during the week. And I'm, you know, I want to hang out on the weekends. I want to see you guys. It's just, this is so difficult for me. And, you know, they're my friends. They want me to be happy. So they understood. Um, I think saying no was actually harder than, you know, looking for a new job because while the job took a long time to come to fruition, 
it eventually happened and I knew it would happen, but the, I have, you know, a fear of missing out. (laughs) I suffer from FOMO. And so saying no is really hard. And especially if there were like, you know, weekend trips to a cabin in the mountains, if I couldn't swing it, I'd have to say no. And just recently I had to say no to one. And and then, you know, you see everybody's pictures on Facebook and Instagram. It's like, oh, I'm missing out on a great time. But, you know, there were things that I needed to do. And, you know, it was my daughter's last weekend before school. And so I had to stay home. So I did. <laughs> and I'm still alive. I made it through. There's Maybe still people have died of FOMO, but sometimes it sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that speaks like really quite directly into priorities, which is something I wanted to talk to you about specifically because I, what I see in the life that you're creating for your daughter and then with your partner is a life that is really closely aligned with your priorities. So, yes. and I think that's, again, all of these ideas sound really simple, but when you start to try and apply them, they can actually be quite complicated because if you say to someone, you know, what are your priorities? What's your why? And that's something I talk about quite a lot is really getting down to the heart of the most important things and your reasons for, for making the changes. And it can be kind of challenging to to really be able to articulate them. So, I mean, obviously a lot of your decisions have been made based on the fact that you're a single mom and, you're, you know, your daughter is at the centre of, of everything you do. But what are what ways, I guess, did you work through the process of figuring out what was important to you? Well, I think really getting to understand the frustration that I was feeling um, with the job that I had previous to this one with the long commute and the being on call and all that stuff. And I was just the way I, it was affecting my personality. I was kind of cranky all the time and angry and frustrated and you know I would snap at people and you know obviously I would snap at those who I love the most because that's what we do we do (laughs) yeah (laughs) which you know was just awful and then I'd you know feel guilty and it was I was just tired of feeling that way and so I really had to sit down and, and kind of ask myself well what is it I want and I if I could do anything, if I could have my day look any way that I wanted my day to look, what would it look like? And so I sat down and I mapped out my ideal day. And it didn't include, you know, commuting or going out at one in the morning on a call or anything. It was, you know, getting up, making a breakfast for my daughter, hanging out with her, um, taking her to school, doing some writing. um, And that sort of and reading and knitting, which are some other things that I enjoy and, you know, getting exercise, which I wasn't getting. And, um, so really that was what focused my priorities. I was like, well, okay, the things that are in my ideal day are not in my actual day. Mm. And so something's not right here. Something needs to change. And so I picked a couple of the things that I really wanted to do, which was spend more time with my daughter and focus on writing. And um, so I was like, okay, well, those are the things that I need to work into my day. And I guess by doing that and focusing on the things that you wanted to work in your day, you had to take things out as well? Yeah. And um, so that's where finding a new job came in. Mm -hmm. And then for my lunch hour, like actually taking a lunch hour at work and using that time to, 
write or to read or to go for a nice long walk, which actually made getting through the day a lot easier. (laughs) Um, You know, just kind of getting a little bit of exercise in there as well. And so that, that was really how I, I came to it. And that's kind of how I set my priorities was that ideal day. That's brilliant. I I really love that because you're just using, you know, you take, first of all, taking the time to ask yourself what that looks like, you know, and I think that's something that we just don't do. We're not encouraged to do. I know that I didn't do that previous to going on this journey of, you know, slowing down and simplifying. I just didn't think about it. You just do what's in front of you or what you're supposed to do or what we're told that we need to do, you know? Right. um, It's, it's kind of sobering to get to a point where you realize I actually haven't been engaged with this, this idea of living according to what's important to me for a long time. Um, but it also shows that we can, even when things are crammed full, you know, you, you had a really busy life and you were able to make those changes slowly over time yeah. to start to adopt those priorities in. And I guess so over time you initially made those, those first couple of changes but then over time, did you continue to sort of shuffle things around and, um, you know, pull in more of those important things and, and push out the things that weren't so important? Yeah. And that's really, it's an ongoing process, you know, um, now and then I go back and revisit my ideal day and kind of figure out if I'm living in, uh, in line with my values and priorities. Um, I think they checking change, don't they? They do. Yeah. And I think it's not even so much like they don't do a 180, but you uh, you iterate and you evolve and you figure out, you, you kind of get more clarity on what it is that you want as well. Um, yeah. 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 Like recently I've been trying to add reading back in, which, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things you don't realize it's fallen by the wayside until you realize I haven't read a book in I don't even know how long. <laughs> so like, now I'm trying to get reading back in because it's, you know, I like to write. So reading is an important part of that. And also, you know, it's just enjoyable. It's a, a good way to relax. It really is. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to talk about a couple more things okay. sort of related to what we've just been speaking about is something that I'm asked a lot and I'm really, I'm always curious about other people's takes on, on this. It's mm-hmm. how, as someone who, um, who, who really like, advocates for a slow and simple life, how do we, and I put myself very firmly in this question as well, <laughs> reconcile mm-hmm. the fact that sometimes slowing down and simplifying can, can feel and be really complicated and sometimes really busy, you know, where it sometimes requires us to add more into our day if that time is like we're adding in a task of decluttering or adding in a task of, or, you know, a time to read or time to exercise. And while we know that those things are kind of leading us towards the life that we want, I'm often asked about the fact that it seems like we're going in the opposite direction to, to where we want to be heading. Do you ever struggle with that? yourself absolutely yeah yeah it's like you gotta run so that you can it's like hurry up and slow down exactly yeah um and i i did feel that way at first you know like starting a new job and then we actually have had to move a couple times in the last two years just because of crazy silicon valley rents and so you know it's been a lot of change and a lot of like just other stuff you know not just the regular day to day, but like moving is a big extra thing. And, um, so it's been a bit of a challenge, but, um, 
I try to remember that this too shall pass. <laughs> you know, it's not always, you're not always going to have all these extra things coming at you. Um, and then it, I think it's helpful to just kind of build in a little bit of a buffer in your day to just sort of allow yourself to take as much time as you need to deal with what you have to deal with. Um, and that's something that I've had a hard time with. Um, because I will schedule, 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 and then realize that, you know, I'm not going to get to like the fourth or fifth thing on my schedule because I'm still working on the first. (laughs) So it's, yeah, it's been difficult. And as I've simplified, as I've taken out like the unnecessary things, I've added in, you know, more things that I want to do. And one of them is housing advocacy in this area. I think it's really important. And it's really kind of where my interest lies. Um, and it takes time. It takes a lot of time. I'm meeting with city council people and going to community meetings and, and, um, it's, it feels like I'm kind of running around a lot, but it, it's also on a day-to-day basis. Like my entire week isn't jam packed and I, I won't schedule my entire week. So, you know, if Monday's busy Tuesday, I will try and like not schedule every single minute, you know, try and build myself a little bit of buffer to relax and and just kind of do a few of the things that I want to do. Can't do everything every day. No, that's exactly it. And I'm, I'm very, very much aligned with what you've said there. You know, I think that there's an element of seasons in there. There are seasons of life that it's an overused kind of analogy, but it's true because there are times where it is, it's busy, you know, you might have a new baby or a new job or moving house or, uh, you know, you, you're freelancing so you can save up or whatever it is. Like that's as long as I think you've gone into it intentionally and really kind of considered what it means and made adjustments and arrangements to, to provide yourself that buffer. I think that's fine. Like I don't, I don't subscribe to the fact that slow living needs to be slow all the time. You know, I don't think slow is necessarily about the pace all the time. It's it's more so about the intention and the attention and being present and, you know, actively choosing to be where you are. Uh, and right. sometimes that is just actively choosing to have a, have a lot on, but being intentional and mindful about what those things are. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's – it's not so much being busy. Like I actually like being busy. Uh, yeah, but it's just being stressed and overwhelmed. Yeah. That's what I don't want to be. I think there's busy, and then there's busy for the sake of busyness. And I think that's right. there's a big difference there. I, I'm, I'm the same as you. I like having things on. I've always got projects that I'm working on, and mm-hmm. you know, always cultivating ideas and trying new things. That's fine. It's when I, I find myself unable to switch off. Yeah, I'm just working for work's sake. That's the problem, I think. That's right. where it becomes an issue for me. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, it is an interesting question though because I think when people first hear about this idea of slow living or simple living and then they see all the things that, that people can adopt into a slower or simpler life, they're like, but that, that doesn't seem simple at all, you know, and that can be partly <laughs> the fact that that's not what they would add into, a, into their life. Uh, you know, not everyone wants to kind of – make have make their own furniture or (laughs) grow all their own food or whatever it is but you know there might be something else that they want to do like spend more time reading or you know live in a tiny home which 
was a yes. very ham-fisted segue in <laughs> the fact that you guys are building a tiny home. We are. So I'm very excited about it. Yeah, um, it should come. It should be finished around the end of November, beginning of December. So we will be moving um, shortly after um, I give birth to my second baby. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> I tried of seasons. To yeah. <laughs> Tried to cram everything in just before the holidays. Exactly. <laughs> You've got the holidays and you can relax. Yeah. Um, so what what was it about tiny home living that was really appealing? Well, <laughs> this is going to sound silly, but ever since I was a little kid, I have always wanted to be itinerant, like just to be a nomad. Mm-hmm. And a house on wheels sounds just perfect to me. Um but as a mother and an employee and a partner, <laughs> um, people aren't really into that. So I've, you know, tried to stay in one place. But um, like I said before, it's the where we live, the housing market is just absolutely out of control. And I just had kind of had it with um you know, rents and having to move and being at the whims of landlords and, and all that stuff. And I just wanted a place for us to call our own, but there's no way in a million years we would ever be able to afford a house here. So um, I started looking into tiny homes, more like cottages and garage conversions and that sort of thing. Um, But I was, I just thought, you know what, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And I love tiny homes on wheels. So So that's what we're doing. So yeah. cool. And you said you, you started out by saying it sounds silly. To me, it doesn't sound silly at all. It sounds amazing. Like that's something that appeals to me <laughs> greatly. Unfortunately, yeah. not so much everyone else in my family. I know. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, with your, like, your partner's living away from you guys at the moment, so is that, is that keeping things simple in terms of combining two households into one tiny home? Like is that proving easier for you to, to do that or is it – kind of more of yeah an actually yeah with with him not being able to move to where I live or me to move up there um it actually does make it easier because then I just have to think about me and my daughter and the baby and not you know trying to add a full-grown adult and his um teenage son into the mix <laughs> so and he's not really into the tiny house um, lifestyle. Okay. He's sort of the opposite of me. Um, so when we do combine our households, I imagine we'll find a happy medium, but at the moment, um, yeah, I'm going to do what I need to do to, um, you know, help us weather this area, this time. And that's the thing. I mean, I can only imagine that simplifying down into a tiny home for you and your daughter and then the new baby will make like solo parenting for the majority of the next few years that much simpler because you'll have like less maintenance, there'll be less space to accumulate stuff. You know, I think, do you see that living in a tiny home will, will help you in keeping that time relatively like simple? Yeah, I do. I think it'll be, it'll make things a lot easier. I mean, I will be close to the baby at all times just by virtue of having only 200 square feet <laughs> to live in. And then, um, you know, just being able to tell people, thank you, but I can't take that because you know I have no place to put it. Um, oh, man, that so, would be amazing. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm 
really looking forward to that. <laughs> totally, because particularly when when someone has a new baby, people like they want they're generous and they want to give yeah. you things that that like they feel like you need or that they used when their kids were little. But to have right. that really distinct boundary on the space that you have, I think, will be really helpful in saying that's really kind, but I, I actually can't <laughs> take this. Yeah, and that's why I've actually. Um, before I was never really into registries, but now I think a registry is a great idea because you say, this is what I need. People know what you need. And then they don't have to get you some random thing that they think you might want or might use later on down the road. And then you have to store it or find something to do with it. Yeah. Or re-gift it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But I actually think you're right because that gives you the opportunity to think through what you need and what you want but also to kind of put put your own boundaries on it and then to just point people in that direction, you know, and it makes yeah. it simple for, for everyone involved. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah. it's it's Well, I haven't had my baby showers yet and there's going to be more than one, so I'm a little bit nervous, but <laughs> um, <laughs> hopefully. Just request consumables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring me bottles of wine for afterbirth. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, um, so you kind of mentioned the fact that your partner is, you know, on the opposite end of the, <laughs> the stuff yes. spectrum. Um, and I know that Ben and I actually answered a, um, a question of yours sort of related to that on one of the hostfuls a while ago. Right. Um, do you have a strategy for what that will look like kind of combining two households down the track? I, I know there's the reason I kind of wanted to revisit it because I know it's quite a common question um, either when people are combining households or if one partner is a lot, you know, a lot more attached to their stuff than the other, it can be kind of problematic. Have you guys spoken about it or? Uh, we've talked a little bit about it um, before actually you guys answered that question on the hostful. We argued a little bit about it, but now we're talking about it instead of um, instead of fighting about it, which is good. So, yeah, I mean, I think the important thing with my partner in particular has just been giving him information. Like he, I'll assume that he knows or understands what I'm talking about and he doesn't (laughs) necessarily. So being really clear with what I expect and how I feel and then trying to be, um, have him be as clear with me and asking him questions so that I can understand what he's feeling and thinking um, has been very helpful. So, um, I mean, he knows that I don't expect him and his son to live in a, um, a tiny home. So we know that we're going to meet somewhere in the middle um, down the road, which means that he's going to have to give up a lot of the stuff that's in his house. Um, and I think he understands that I am um, – willing to help him with that or, you know, to hire a professional (laughs) if it comes to that, (laughs) you know, a professional organizer or somebody who can, can help him because sometimes when your loved one is telling you, oh, you can just get rid of that. 
um, it doesn't go over so well. Really true, actually. Yeah. That's, that's a really important point because I think sometimes it can feel like a judgment or a criticism when it's coming from someone who's close to you. Whereas if you right. have that that level of distance from you know a professional organizer or someone similar coming in and kind of giving that perspective of an outsider, it doesn't have the emotion or the you know the potential spirit let's say attached to it so, yeah. yeah I think that's a really important point yeah and he's already been starting to get rid of things that are you know he doesn't use or are broken or that kind of thing which is great I mean those are great steps that he's taken already so I'm I'm confident we'll be able to make it work but we have plenty of time to to have our discussions absolutely you know. And I mean, and that's the other thing. He'll get to see the benefit that you guys gain from living in in your tiny home, um, right? And see how how well that works for you. And you'll get to to kind of really experience fully those benefits. And I think that's a big part sometimes of not. It's not necessarily trying to convince the other person that your way is is the way, but mm-hmm. to kind of encourage them to see things from your your point of view. And and for someone to be able to see you enjoying that and and benefiting from that I think is really powerful because I think actions and and being able to view those changes is far more powerful than you know just telling someone right you know part of our design for the tiny house takes him into account I'm I'm pretty short and so is my daughter and (laughs) um he's not he's Mm -hmm. he's about six feet tall so um designing with him in mind as well as if he's a part of it I think um, he has appreciated and makes him a little more open and receptive. Mm. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, it's you're you're, you're taking him to into account as well. It's not just purely for yourself and, and what it is that you want to gain from it, but from your entire family. Right. Yeah, I think there's there's really something very very powerful in that, particularly when you're looking at people who have quite different views on things. Um, yeah, that's that's fantastic. I think you guys will be fine. Yeah. Oh, I think it'll be so fine. <laughs> <laughs> so on a kind of related note, you will be doing most of the parenting of your, your two kids soon. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of it'll be a solo parenting adventure for quite a, like, quite a long stretch of time. Um, how has sort of simplifying and slowing down helped so far and how, like, how do you imagine it's going to help in your parenting particularly with just in terms of time and energy, I think, energy levels um, as, as yeah. kind of you're, you're the, the point of call for your kids at this point in time. So mm-hmm. what do you see the benefits are of, uh, of you know, living simply with, with your family? Well, I think, um, like you said, time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expect that I will have more time um, with my daughter and with the baby, which we don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet, so I haven't said. <laughs> um, and I think that it will actually make it easier because um, when my daughter was born, I took, I, I freelanced for a year and a half. So I had more flexible time to spend with her. And that was really helpful and really um, helped us build up a close bond. And that's what I'm expecting with this baby as well. Um, working a little bit less and um, having more time already in the simplifying steps that I've already taken. And then having a tiny home and not having to spend as much time cleaning and decorating and maintaining and all that other stuff that comes along with having a bigger space, um, I think is just going to free up more 
time for us. And, and being in a, a really tiny, tiny space is going to get us out of the house more yeah. too, I yeah, think. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, I'm expecting us to become more of a part of our community, you know, of my family who's in the area. Um, we'll get to see our friends more um, and really just kind of have time and energy and space to participate in other things that are going on in the community itself. Mm-hmm. So meet reading times or story times at the library and joining mom's groups or, or that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that's a really important point actually, because I mean, often when I think of tiny home living, it's just me in my own little world, but I, I usually don't imagine it with a young family, but rather like a, a couple or a single person or something like that. But what you say makes so much sense because it really does, it gives you enough space, you know, everyone will have enough space but you minimize the maintenance and then it gives you so much more opportunity and probably a need and desire at some point too to get out and become part of the community more so. Um, And I think that's a really, probably one of the benefits that isn't spoken about as much, you know, usually for for a lot of people it's just the space and the the, Mm -hmm. the maintenance and, and not owning as much stuff. But I think that's a really beautiful um a beautiful byproduct of of tiny home living yeah and i think you know when we have bigger houses or bigger spaces there's just a tendency to just kind of hunker down you know i'm i'm home and um everybody's off in their respective corners and you know i'm I'm getting my alone time, whether I want it or not. And then I think in a tiny house, you're like, I'm getting no alone time. So let's get out. Let's get out of here. Kids, yeah. <laughs> run the kids at a park or something. Uh, I think that's fantastic. I think that's, yeah, that's a really, really beautiful element that I hadn't really considered too much. Um, and one of the, the other things that I really wanted to talk to you about was this idea uh, and reading your blog and talking to you now, it seems that you've got it in spades, but this idea of self-awareness, it's something I've spoken about a little bit on the podcast before, but increasingly I find that that's one of the key elements of creating this kind of simpler and slower life is is learning to be more self-aware and, and really questioning. And I think it's sort of a chicken and the egg situation because I think the more that we slow down the more that we simplify and and get rid of the excess the more room we have for self-awareness and questioning and just being with our our thoughts and and kind of getting to know ourselves in a different way do you Mm -hmm. find that that's something that you have have kind of learned to do or come to as you've been slowing down and simplifying um yeah I think I was able to slow down and simplify because I had the self-awareness, um, I think it came really after the birth of my daughter, actually, um, when I just kind of, you know, I, her father and I split up. So it was really difficult. She was six weeks old. I was, you know, essentially parenting a newborn and, um, it kind of made me after some time aware of what I would put up with and what I wouldn't. Um, and then also just kind of brought home to me that life is short and living by other people's rules is really, I mean, it's okay, but sometimes you just got to do what you got to do that's best for you and your, your family and your personality and, and the kind of life you want to live. And so that's how 
I kind of got my self-awareness and then that self-awareness sort of led me to understand that that not everybody will appreciate the way I want to live and um, even my friends now still make kind of snarky comments sometimes and and, and my response is, well, I just got to be me. Like, I got to do what I got to do. And, you know, we're not the same, but that's cool. That's what makes the world go around. That's what makes it interesting. And that has helped me to kind of find the strength to say no to some things and, and simplify and make the changes that I need to make. Because if I were worried about what other people think all the time, which I used to be, it, it would just be me super stressed, overwhelmed miserable, not being a good mom to my daughter and I wouldn't be a good mom to this baby on the way, like just being a big ball of stress. And that's not, that's not how I want to live my life. Yeah. I, you said something really, really powerful just in there. The idea of not living according to someone else's like agenda. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that in itself is a really mindful kind of way to live. First of all, recognizing that that's what we're doing. You know, we're trying to to play by someone else's rules or achieve someone else's goals or the goals that we're told we should be achieving, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it's not until we stop and think, hang on, <laughs> hang on now. <laughs> this is yeah. me. This is not them. This is not, you know, society. This is not the media. This is not my friend's life. It's mine. And while we need to take into account other people, uh, exactly. it's, it's really important, I think, to to first of all figure out what that is for us, and that goes back to you know the priorities that we were talking about before, and mm-hmm. then have the clarity and the strength to slowly start saying no to you know those those things that don't come into you know our own agenda or, or our own kind of journey. So yeah, I think that's. That to me is just, it's just key to all of these changes is, is just starting to engage with that idea of, you know, of priorities, I guess. And it all just comes back to, to what's important and what's at the center of our own life. Yeah. And one thing I, so I'm, I like change. I'm just a person who likes, I, I'm not really comfortable with the status quo for very long. I've, you know, I like to move around and I like to um, change things up and I've, feel like if you're one thing that occurred to me when I was kind of going through this and achieving this self-awareness was, you know, if the things that you've been doing have gotten you to this point and this is how you're feeling, then what could you do differently? Talking to myself, you know, what could I do differently that, um, that would make it so this isn't the case anymore. And I think that that was really, um, helpful. Like I, I recognize that, um, I wasn't feeling happy. I knew I wasn't happy. <laughs> and, you know, that's kind of a broad category to have to like figure out. <laughs> but just starting with the basics, like, um, you know, following other people's agendas and doing all these things has led me to this point. So what are the things that I really am the most unhappy about and how would I change them? Because if you keep doing what you've always done, like the saying goes, you're always, you're going to get what you've always gotten. And so, um, I didn't want to keep going along on the, on the path that I was. Hmm. I think it's just the ultimate in mindfulness, you know, mindfulness kind of is, 
currently a really trendy buzzword that's all about you know adult coloring and um, meditation (laughs) and stuff and they're all fine but I think for me the idea of mindful living is just the opposite of mindless living you know and I look at myself six seven years ago and I, I was like the poster child for mindless living I was just puttering along on the path that you know I was I had been put on yeah (laughs) there was just no reflection at all and I think making that shift to mindful living is is really important I mean it can be it doesn't have to be this earth-shattering kind of thing but just rather a like an awakening or a questioning and um, you know starting to say as you said what about this is making me unhappy what can I do that's different yeah yeah, it really wasn't anything, you know, more earth shattering than that. But that was really kind of what sent me on this path. And that's, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad I thought to ask myself that. And, you know, I wish more people would, because then they can kind of find the paths to be who they truly are. Exactly. The world needs more people who are on that path, I think. I think so, too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Colleen, it's been such a like a delightful pleasure chatting with you. I could, um, I, I know I round out pretty much every interview by saying this, but I, <laughs> I really could chat with you for hours. Yeah. Um, now, I think I'd like uh, first of all, people can go and find your blog at uh, slowsimplelife.com. dot mm-hmm. uh, And are you on social media or anything like that? You want people to connect with you there? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Colleen Vias, which is. Um, probably not easy for people to spell. I'll, I'll, link, I'll link to it in the notes. <laughs> and they can find me, um, my So Simple Life page on Facebook too. Awesome. And you've put together a, like a P- PDF guide for people for yeah. priorities kind of guide? Exactly. A, a worksheet for your listeners. If they go to the blog, they can download it and it'll just ask a few questions that um, can help them sort of find their priorities to help them down the path to a, a simpler life. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, thank you very much for talking with me as well and for sticking with me through my three reschedules. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Colleen. Thanks, Brooke. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, just as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, today's episode is brought to you by Etitude. Their super soft, eco-friendly bed linen is absolutely worth checking out because it's eco-friendly, it's ethically made, it's sustainable. uh, And they are giving you, as a listener of the show, 10% off your first order if you head to etitude.com.au slash slow home. And use the discount code SLEEPHEALTHY. That's attitude spelt with an E. <laughs> Jack Rabbit FM for your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.